Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks for joining in today. We have an exciting announcement we want to give you and a couple of updates for the future over the next month or so. Uh, we are launching in person on January 17th. I cannot wait. We have, uh, this journey's been so long and we've only been together one time as an entire team. And we are so excited to start our in-person services on January 17th. But what that means for us is that we're going to be taking a few weeks off from Sunday church. All right. So starting on December 27th, we're not going to have service that day. We're not going to have service on January 3rd and we're not going to have service on the 10th, January 10th. And that's so that our team can prepare and really be ready to launch with strength on January 17th. So uh, kids ministry is still going to happen. You're still going to have church for your kids, but you won't have a Sunday message. Now, my wife and I have talked about maybe uh, doing a couple of podcasts, sit down and have a conversation about some things. And so be on the lookout for that. But I wanted to give you that update because we're super excited about January 17th. I have a special guest with me in the studio today. I have Isaac, of course. Isaac is our man over here. He's pushing the buttons, changing all the camera shots and making this look good. But I have a special, come here, buddy. Come on. I brought my boy today to record this message with us. Come here, come stand by me right here. Come on. I wanted him to say hi. Can you say hi? Hi. Can you see him on the camera? Is he too short? Okay, good. All right. Tell them how much you've been liking doing kids ministry every week. I love it. What? I love it. I love it. Should they have their kids watch later? Yeah. Yes, you should have your kids watch later. It streams live every week at 1045 on our Facebook. So, hey, gather your kids around watching. It's super fun, right? Come on, secret handshake time. Come on. Come on. No one's in here. Come on. Get out of here. We have, I have a secret handshake with all the kids. He's going to freeze up on me, dude. All right. Well, hey, we're going to continue with our series, God With Us, today. Last week, we talked about how God is with you in the wilderness. He's with us in the wilderness. Those times where you just feel like you're wandering around, you don't know what's coming next. God is with you in those times. And we learned that your deepest need becomes a gift when you, it causes you to depend on God. And so that's what we talked about last week. This week, we're going to be uh, continuing on with that conversation, and we're going to be talking about how God is with you in another situation that you can find yourself in in life. And uh, it comes from this passage in Scripture. It says, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And so uh, that's a promise that, that God gives his people. God has always been with his people. But this time it was different because God was literally physically going to be with his people. And so today I want us to talk about another time in life that all of us go through these times where God is with you. And that is God is with you in the storm. God is with you in the storm. And, and we're going to be in a storm. Uh, it's a metaphor that the Bible uses a lot to describe uh, moments in life that happen to you all of the sudden, right? Like it's a situation that blows up out of nowhere. And uh, those moments tend to hit us really hard. As many of you know, Stephanie and I, we moved back to Sumner County from 
Florida. And uh, one thing that uh, is interesting about Florida is you have to prepare and have to be ready for hurricanes anytime. You have to be ready for a big storm to come wipe your house out. You have to have a generator. You got to have plywood and shutters on your house. You have to have a supply, especially during hurricane season, you have to have a stash of food that won't go bad without the fridge. And you have to just prepare differently. But one thing that we do that I think is really strange is that we name our big storms after people. And uh, if you really think about it, it's kind of weird. And so I like figured out this week, like how they do that, why they do that, how this whole thing started. And, uh, you know, back in the day, they used to have storms named after geographical places. So if a storm hit Miami really bad, they would call that storm Hurricane Miami or Hurricane New York or Hurricane North Carolina, whatever it is. They would name storms after geographical places. But there was a meteorologist in 1954 who started naming storms. Uh, There was a group of them. They started naming storms after their wives and girlfriends. Now, can you imagine, right? Like, I would look at Stephanie and say, hey, uh, uh, babe, I'm a meteorologist, right? Hey, babe, there's a really big, nasty storm coming into town. Uh, It looks like it's going to kill dozens of people, and it's going to be, it costs a ton, it's going to do all this damage. Babe, I've decided to name that storm after you. You know, how sweet is that, right? This guy's obviously crazy, but I think it may have been a joke that these people started naming storms off of uh, their wives or girlfriends, Uh, but, and then about 25 years later, uh, they started having equal rights within the storm community, and they started actually naming the storms after men as well. So they had Hurricane Michael, right? Like you have some of these big hurricanes. And then if it's a really, really bad storm, if it was extra bad, extra destructive, right? They would, they actually retire these names and you can't ever use them again, like retiring a jersey or something uh, when a player retires. Uh, And I thought that was really interesting. If you have any interest in that, I thought it was kind of cool. But unfortunately, I think many of us right now name storms in our lives. You have something that's going on in your life and you've named this storm and you're tempted to name it like, man, I wish I could just get through this storm of betrayal. I wish I could just get through this storm of divorce or the storm of depression. It's too much for me to handle. I can't take it anymore. It's kicking my tail. And you've named these storms. And I want to encourage you and I want to ask you this question is what do you do when you find yourself in the middle of the storm? And unfortunately, some people will blame God for the storm that they're in. Or they'll question God during the storm, like, how could you allow this to happen, right? Like, how could you let me go through this? It's not fair. And uh, you start to question, like, does God even care about me? Is God even real, right? Like, you start going through these big questions when you find yourself in a storm. But today, I want to let you know our key thoughts. And I want us to think about it, and I want you to hear it today, is never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. Never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence 
of God. And so today, we're going to look at a story in the Bible about a big storm. And most of you may not even have heard this story before. And uh, I think it's a really interesting story for where we're going today. And uh, this storm was brutal. It went on for days. The crew, who is probably used to navigating a ship in the middle of a storm, they were so scared that they started to throw cargo overboard. Uh, They were trying to do whatever they could to weather the storm at all costs, right? And they just knew that they were going to be taken out. The Bible, it says this, when neither the sun nor stars appeared for many days, this storm had been so bad, they haven't seen the sun or the stars for many days. And the storm continued raging. We finally gave up all hope of being saved. That sounds like a pretty hopeless and a pretty desperate situation. And maybe today you have said the same thing, like, I've, I've lost all hope. This storm is just continuing, continuing to rage. I've lost all hope. My marriage isn't going to make it, right? I'm always going to be single. I'm always going to be alone. I'm never going to be able to get out of debt. We're never going to be able to conceive or have kids. I'll, never, I'll always be depressed. I'll never be happy. And I'll never move on from my past. You might be saying some of those things today, and I would let you know that if you're using words like always or never, and all, you, you're probably caught up in a storm of some sort. And in your life, it seems like the storm continues to rage. No matter what you do, the storm is just continuing to rage. It's continuing to happen. It's continuing to take you out day by day. You're losing all hope, right? And you feel like the people that were in this boat, Well, the story goes on in Acts 27, and it says this. It says, after they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and he said, Men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Then you would have spread yourselves, you have spared yourself this damage and loss. And as spiritual as Paul was in this moment, he's basically saying, Listen, I told you so. Like, I tried to tell you that this was going to happen. If you were to listen to me, uh, this wouldn't have happened. And the, the sad thing about some of this is, and I think this is really important for you to listen to today, is that many of you, many of us, we blame the devil on every storm that we face right? Man, the devil caused this to happen. I can't believe the devil is, is doing this to me. The, it's the devil's fault. Like, no, that's not how it is sometimes. Sometimes, our own stupidity, our own uh, foolishness gets us into these storms sometimes. And I think it's okay for us to kind of own up to that, right? Like, you might have marriage problems because you cheated, right? You might have financial problems because uh, you bought a car that you couldn't afford, right? Uh, you might have boyfriend problems because you dated an idiot, you know? Like, and your friends told you not to date them. Your parents told you not to date them. Your pastor has told you not to date them. Your fortune cookie told you not to date this guy, right? And here you are, you decide, well, he has so much potential and he's, he's so cute and I think he can, yeah, right. You, you're in this mess because you decided to go against your better judgment. And some of us, the fact is, we find ourselves uh, in these situations because of our own decisions. But maybe that's why they gave up hope. Because maybe some of these people made this decision to sail, even when Paul told them not to. 
And I think there's something in our brain sometimes that we think if God got us into the storm, he's going to take us out of the storm, right? But sometimes it's really hard to believe that God's going to deliver you from the storm when you are the one that got you in the storm to begin with. And I want to let you know you serve a loving God. You serve a God that loves you, and he still wants to help you. He's the God of second chances, third chances, four chances. And so if that's you, if you feel like you've gotten into the storm on your own, there's still hope for you today. But for some of the crew in this story, and maybe for some of you, they were put in the storm because of someone else's bad decision. They're put in this storm because someone else made a mistake. Someone took a wrong turn. And maybe you have been the product of a bad decision of someone else. Maybe you are a person that you find like your, your parents have gotten divorced and here you are struggling with this and you had nothing to do with it, right? Or maybe you're the spouse that got cheated on and, and it wasn't fair. Your, your spouse lied to you and now you're caught up in this storm and it wasn't even your fault, right? Uh, maybe your business partner uh, lied and he did something crooked and it was he didn't have any integrity. Now you're left with this financial mess or uh, left in lack because of something that they did, right? A lot of us experience storms because someone else put us there. But even in these moments... God is with you. Even in those moments where you feel like you're alone, when you feel like you've been attacked and you're hurt, right? God is with you. The story goes on and it says this, Acts 27, starting in verse 22. But now I urge you to keep up your courage. This is Paul. Because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night an angel of the God whom I belong and whom I serve stood Beside me. Now, I don't know about you. I believe in the existence of a supernatural realm. I believe that all around us every day, there are angels, there are demons around us. All the, I believe in a spiritual realm that we can't see. That is, uh, the Bible talks about how in that realm, there, there's fighting, there's battles going on. I even believe there could be some angels behind me, some big old angels behind me right now. And, you know, I would just give them a little fist bump right here. And uh, they're watching out over us. They're making sure I'm doing a decent job here. And, and I believe that God uses things like that to help us out. But I also believe that if you're a follower of Jesus, you literally have God's spirit dwelling within you right now. God is with you. And even if you're not a follower of Jesus, I believe that God can put believers in your life to show you what God's love is like and to be there for you. And he can use those people to be with you in this season that you're in. Because God is always with you. He's comforting you. He's there when you're crying. He's there when you're hurting. He's there when you don't know what to do. He is with you in the middle of the storm. And so never let the presence of the storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. Storms will happen, but never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. I have a couple bonus verses for you right here. It says this in 2 Timothy. It says, everyone deserted me. But the Lord stood at my side, and he gave me strength. 
when everyone else abandons you, when you feel like you're alone, God is standing by your side. He's giving you strength. In Psalm 16, David writes this, I know the Lord is always with me. Someone, some of you need to pause right now and you need to say that out loud. I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken for he is right beside me. God is with you in the middle of your storm. You know, I have a friend that I'm actually meeting with tomorrow. I am super excited about this. Uh, this friend of mine, uh, I got to know at our last church, and uh, he used to be on the presidential detail of the Secret Service. I mean, I am obsessed with stuff. like I will watch any History Channel documentary on the Secret Service. I, I want to know the secrets. I want to know all the, the stuff that I'm not supposed to know, which this guy won't ever tell me anything like that. But it's fun to listen to him tell stories, and it's fun to hear the, the basic strategies that they use to protect the president and do all these things because what they do is crazy. And they're so good at it that they look like they're not even there, right? But they have one job. They actually have several jobs if you watch all the documentaries like me, but their primary job is to keep the president safe, to keep him alive. At all costs, they're to go everywhere the president goes, you see secret, several Secret Service agents, right? If the president's going in a crowd, these Secret Service agents, they're right beside them. They're looking at people's hands. Are they in their pocket? Are they grabbing something? They're, they're looking at their body language. They're looking at their clothes. What kind of car is this person driving? Uh, what are these people out here doing in the distance? They look suspicious. This guy's wearing sunglasses. He doesn't look right. Like They are trained to protect the president in every situation. They're always with the president. And I like to think of God like that sometimes, right? Like God is always with me. He's watching out. He's alerting me to what can be dangerous to me. He is trying to help me see the things that he sees so that I can be safe, so that I can do what I need to do for his kingdom. God is always with you. You know, there, there's another scripture in the Bible about another storm. You've probably already heard this before. But the disciples and Jesus, they're in this boat, and they go across the boat, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a storm starts a brewing, and it hits the, the boat hard. And the disciples start to freak out. They don't know what to do. They're, they're trying to figure out how to, how to control this, this boat so they don't tip over, and they are going crazy. I mean, they're freaking out, and they're like, Jesus, we're in trouble. Like, don't you care? Like, why are you sleeping? Jesus, in the midst of the storm, is in the bottom of the boat, and he's sleeping. And he wakes up, and he looks at him, and he goes, why do y'all have so little faith? Like, quit freaking out. Don't you know that I'm here, right? And he goes out to the edge of the storm, and he says, peace. Be still. And the disciples, they were able to experience peace in the boat. Now, why were they able to experience peace in the boat? It was because Jesus was on the boat. Real peace is not found in the absence of a storm. Real peace is found in the presence of God. I'm going to say that again. Real peace is not found in the absence of a storm. Real peace is found in the presence of God. Let's look back at this story in Acts 27. It says, Last night an angel of the God whom I serve and belong... 
and whom I serve stood beside me and said, don't be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar. And God graciously, God has graciously given you the lives of all that sail with you. God told Paul the night before, like, hey, there's a storm coming, but I have more for you to do. You have to go, you have to, you have to go talk to Caesar. Like, there's more for you to do. So this storm, it's not going to wipe you out, and it's not going to wipe out the people around you. And I want to tell you the same thing, that God is not done with you. You have more battles to fight. You're not going to lose this battle in this storm. You have more ahead of you, and God wants to use you in a mighty way, and he's going to get you through this storm because he is not through with you yet. God isn't done with you. He's not done with your story. You have more to give. You have more people to bless. You have more inside of you, and God is not through with you, just like he wasn't through with Paul. This storm was scary. The whole ship fell apart. Everything else fell apart, but Paul and all these people survived because God was not done with them. God is not done with you. It could seem like your life is falling apart. It could seem like everything has gone wrong, but God is not done with you. There's more for you. And it's because God wants to use what you have learned in your storm to help other people get through theirs. He wants to use what you've learned through your storm so you can help other people get through theirs. Maybe you've survived some serious marriage troubles. Well, guess what? God wants to use that time in your life so you can help the other marriage that you know of that's struggling and give them some hope. You may have climbed out of, uh, out of debt when it felt like it was impossible. And you know what? God is going to use you as a vessel of generosity to another couple who needs this, who needs this uh, hope in their lives to see that it can be done, right? Maybe you've walked through issues of infertility and you, God has answered that prayer or he's opened the door of adoption to you. And you get to be a, a, a beacon of hope for another family that, that's having these same troubles, right? You, you might be a person that felt like something was impossible and God made a way. And God wants you to help others who are in their storm right now. And here's how the story wraps up. It says this in Acts 27, 25. So keep up your courage, men. Keep up your courage, people, all right? For I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. He said we're going to survive. I have faith that God is going to do it because he said it. Faith is not in what I can see, but faith is in what God says. My faith is not in the boat, right? My faith is not in this thing that's carrying me through the water. My faith is in the one who made the trees that made the boat, right? My faith is not in my finances. My faith is in the provider of all things. My faith is not in my health. My faith is in the one who holds my very next breath. Your faith is not in what you can see. It is in what God says. And God says that he will always be with you. God said that he will never leave you nor forsake you. God is telling you that he is your refuge and your strength. He is your source of hope in time of trouble. God, I have faith in that. I don't have faith in what I can see. Because if I had faith in what I can see, we'd never start this church. I never would have taken steps of faith in my life. But because I'm not, I'm not tied to what I see, God has done miraculous things and he wants to do that with you God is with you right now in the storm and you might not be able to control what happens to you or every single thing in your situation but you can control where you put your faith you can control where you put your faith so place it 
in the one who is with you. And never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. Never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God because peace isn't found in the absence of a storm. Peace is found in the presence of God. And so no matter what this season has looked like for you, what this year has looked like for you, this year has been awful for all of us, all right? This has not been ideal. Uh, Every day it seems like it's getting a little harder, and then sometimes it's better. It's a roller coaster, right? This year has been a storm that won't end. But man, I am not going to let this storm make me doubt the presence of God in my life because God is with me. God is with you right now in this moment. And you know, I I think there are people watching, maybe you've been watching week after week, and we get to this point every week, and and you don't really know what your next step is. Well, I want to tell you, if you've never invited Jesus into your life, if you've never given Jesus your life, today is the day. Because that's truly how you get the presence of God uh, to be with you all the time is that you, 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 you accept Jesus in your life and he's always there. And today I wanna to give you that opportunity. If that's you, if you wanna make that decision today, I wanna to invite you to pray this prayer that's not magical, uh, but it's all about the heart. And I want you to say this, say, dear God, I need you. I know that I'm not perfect, but I accept you into my life in this moment. And in the best way I know how, I will live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, hey, we are so happy. If you made that decision, I am just, that's the best thing you've ever done. And we want to help you on your journey. And so if you want to text Oasis TN to 94000, we would love to follow up with you. You can follow the prompts right there and fill out the form that says, I want to follow Jesus. And we would be glad to reach out to you and help you on this journey. But hey, we love you. Next week is our Christmas service, right? Like our big Christmas service that we're going to do. It's on December 20th. All right. So we want to see everybody online. And then don't forget, after that, we're not meeting for the next three weeks as we get ready to launch in person on January 17th. Hey, we love you. We are here for you. We hope you have a great, great Christmas season, and we'll see you next week.